Thanks for downloading this podcast. Make sure you subscribe to get the new messages every week. We appreciate your support. Enjoy the message. It's your time. Amen. The Bible tells us that there is time for everything and a season for every activity under the, uh, under the heavens. This is say your time is coming. Amen. You know, let me read to you uh, the first part of my notes. According to this scripture, there is time and season for everything. Seasons of sadness, loss. I prepared this message two weeks ago, never really knowing that I was going to preach to myself. But I'm so glad that it doesn't just stop in the seasons of sadness and joy. It's a seasons of joy. It doesn't just stop in seasons of sadness, seasons of loss. But it goes on to say that there are seasons of joy, some of them joy, newness, and growth. And I went on to put it down my notes. All these seasons are intentional, not coincidental. In other words, what happens in your life may seem like it is a coincidence, but it is not a coincidence to God. It is something that he saw coming. How many of you know that when God says something coming, he's going to make a plan to take care of whatever is going to be coming? So I said here, all these life season, seasons are intentional, not coincidental. Seasons are carefully planned by God for reasons. So no matter what you are going through now, if God did not allow it, you would not be in it. And the angel said, Amen. Because I know that these people, you are meditating. You are very good listeners. You meditate on what I'm saying. Well, what I'm saying is, is that... Uh, Nothing takes you by surprise. It may not necessarily have been orchestrated by God, but if God does not allow it, it will not happen. Take an example of Job. Job did not know what was happening, but the enemy had gone to God and said, do you know why Job worships you, celebrates you, shouts about you and do all this. That's because you blessed him. His children are healthy. His business is doing so well. If you just allow me to touch him, this man is going to curse you. And God said, you don't know my man Job, but I know him. He said, let me tell you this. I'm just going to allow you to touch him, but he's still going to remain intact. What am I saying? I'm just going to let you go for as far as you can, uh, you think you can go. But I'm going to take the last victory in this. Job did not know it when he was going through that. His friends did not know it. They thought that Job had done something wrong. That's why his friends, out of good intentions of their heart, and they said, Job, search yourself. Look, there must be something that you had done. That's why you lost your business and you lost your children. They did not know that... Uh, the enemy, what he, whatever he was doing, was setting up Job for double for his trouble. So seasons are carefully planned by God. God's influence in them should not be underestimated. What you are going through now, you may not understand. But I tell you this, that God does understand. Don't ever question God. God's love, some of the God's love. 
God's ability to take care of things because he can take care of things at any time that he wants to. And uh, he may be taking care of things in the way that you do not understand. So I want you to know that God is good. Can somebody here agree with me that God is a good God? He is not just good when you receive a check. When your bank account is empty, he's still good. Remember that we said that Jesus was not just king when he was uh, going around preaching. Even in the grave, while he was dead, he was still king. Amen? And at the point that God knew that he had fulfilled the purpose, what did God do? He raised up Jesus, gave him back his life. He was sent to heaven. Now he sits at the right hand of God with you and me. The Bible tells us that all principalities and sins and all those things that came against us, they are under our feet. God's influence in them should not be underestimated. You may not understand its purpose, but God does. Can you believe that I prepared this message two weeks ago? That's why you and I have to just trust the Lord with all of our heart and not lean on our own understanding. In all of our ways, acknowledge him and God will direct our path. I can stand and try to question God, why did you, why did you, uh, why did you not heal God win at the age of 53? I don't know. But I know one thing, that God is good. I guess that's why Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 7, 6, chapter 6, some of the chapter 6, verses 7 and 8, Paul says, serve wholeheartedly. Some of the serve wholeheartedly. In other words, when things are good and when things are not that good, all that God wants you to do is to do it wholeheartedly. Amen? As if you were serving the Lord. He was talking to his servant. He said, serve the Lord wholeheartedly, regardless of what is going on in, in that household. Serve your master, serve your boss, serve your employee, employer as you are serving the Lord as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. I'm so thankful to the Lord that we are free in Jesus. Amen? 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 I read a story some time ago about uh, this uh, custodian, this church custodian for 40 years. This church custodian offered his skills and services to the church and to the community. He and his wife didn't have much because so we, we always wait until we have so much before we serve. But you need to start where you are. You need to start right where you are. He and his wife didn't have much, but whatever they had, they offered willingly. Some of the, they offered willingly willingly to bless others and they were the ones to call if anything broke down in your house. They did not have much money, but, uh, but uh, this man had some skills and he used, it, he used it. What do you do with the skills that God has given to you? Let me tell you this. You know that I am the money man in this region. A lot of people, let me put it this way. A lot of people don't understand me. 
because I teach them that uh, God does not want you broke. But let me say this. Money is good. Does some job. If money, if it was, it had to do with money, Godwin would be living today because uh, I had told the hospital, whatever it takes to take care of the situation, don't even worry about money. Just go ahead and, and do it. But money is good, but there are some things that money don't do. And the angel said, Amen. Amen. There are times that you will have to just turn to God. You turn to God all the time. But let me tell you this, that uh, even when you have money, still know that you are dependent on God. Amen? Amen. So this couple, they were the ones to call to if anything broke down in their hands, and you could count them for help if your offense needed repairs. Then suddenly, some of them, then suddenly, they suddenly the table turned around. The little house that they had burned down. Fire destroyed the house, and you have to remember John has already retired. The little house that they had is burnt down. They lost everything, not to the fires, but from that story they said that the looters went and they even uh, removed the copper pipes that were in the house. So at the time it seems like John and Laverne, that their lives had come to an end. But little did they know that it was time of a renewing, a time of new beginning. I'm talking to someone here. I don't know what the enemy has stolen from you, but make today a day of new beginning. Make today a day of renewal. I want you to turn that situation over to the Lord and just know that uh, he who has started this good work in you is going to bring it to a perfect completion. They did not know that it was a time of new beginning. They did not know that it was harvest time for all the seed that they had sown over many years. You are there, you've ministered to people, you've reached and touched the lives of the people, and it seems like the enemy has done, I don't know what he's done in your life that uh, brings this depression and oppression on you. I want you to... Know that the word of God says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. This is not the time to go in the basement and uh, throw temper tantrum and kick the wall. This is a time to say, Lord, I don't understand what is going on, but I know that you are a good God. John and Levin did not have to ask for anything because they had sown seeds over the years. They don't have to ask for anything from anybody. Friends and neighbors showed up with food and money. They offered furniture, clothing, and a place to stay. After so many years of giving, it was time for them to receive. And I'm talking to somebody in the house today. I'm talking to somebody watching me now that after so many years of giving, it is time for you to receive. There wasn't enough money to rebuild from the, uh, from the insurance payment because the house uh, was a very little house and the insurance payment uh, could amount to almost nothing. And uh, isn't it interesting that sometimes things happen at a time that things are so hard because times were hard at this time and recession had left many people unemployed. But regardless of the economic hardship, it was harvest time for John and Laverne. 
it was John's and Levin's time to reap the harvests of their faith. It was time for them to reap the reward for the kindness and the generosity and the love that they had extended to the community. I want to talk to you uh, about the house that love built. First John chapter 3, verse 18 says, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So before John and Laverne knew it, a local builder came with an offer to build a house for them. After all, there had been a blessing, so much of a blessing to the whole community before now for so many years. The builder's business had gone slow. Remember that this is a recession time. The builder's business had gone slow, but he was doing very well because he built high-end houses and had uh, the Lord had blessed him and he had money. He wasn't lacking in money even in recession. So over the years, he had built luxury homes and made good money. This was his time to give back to his community. So what happened was that the builder recruited some subcontractors who offered to volunteer their time and help with donations to help John and Laverne have a new house. They donated time, they donated materials to help, and they raised money to pay for what insurance did not cover. Laverne's new house would be almost twice the one that they lost. God restored to them more than what they lost to the fire and to the looters. I'm talking to watching me. I'm talking to you in the house. I don't know how the enemy has stolen from you. It could be a loss of a family member. It could be a loss of relationship of one kind. It could be a loss of your business. I don't know what the enemy tried to steal from you. I'm here standing in place of God and announcing to you that God is going to give you more than double for your trouble. That's what the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 7. In the message Bible, it says, because you, have, because you have got a double dose of trouble. How many of you have ever felt at some point in your life that you've got a double dose of trouble? I can raise my two hands and my two feet. But the Bible, oh, Jesus. Somebody here say hallelujah. Say Glory. Say, Jesus, because you have got a double dose of trouble and more than your share of content. I'm so glad that it did not end there. But he says, your inheritance in the land will be doubled. And we are, oh, Jesus. 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 Because you have got a double dose of trouble and more than your own share of content, your inheritance in the land will be doubled and your joy go on forever. See, when John and Laverne moved into their new house, they called it the house that love built. 
I prophesy in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that those seeds that you've been sowing in the community, in the lives of people, grocery stores, wherever they were, God says he's going to multiply it back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. The seed of love that you've been extended to people, the seed of comfort and strength. You were there when people were weak. You were there when people almost did not make it. You were there when people needed blessing of one kind or the other. God says, it is your time to be able to receive back good measure, praise down, shaken together and running over. Because you have got double trouble, double dose of trouble, and more than your own share of contempt. God says, your inheritance in the land. God is saying, I'm taking you to the land. I'm moving you from this desert. I'm taking you across the Jordan. I'm taking you to Canaan. And God is saying, I am also removing all of the curses. I'm removing all of the shame. I'm removing all of that held you back. God says in this land there is milk and honey, pomegranates and olive, the things that you never had in Egypt. God said I'm going to give you double for your trouble. Come on somebody here shout hallelujah. Say glory. Say Jesus. They name the house, the house that love built. God has a way when it looks like this none. May I say that again? God came. Did you hear what he was teaching? That what God wants to do in your life is bigger than what you have in your bank account, in your savings account, or in your investments. There's nothing wrong with the saving. There's nothing wrong with investing. There's nothing wrong with setting aside aside 10%. But what if God says, get me into the 10%? What would you do? I heard somebody say, well, your tithe is not for your retirement. I know that your tithe is not for you. The tithe is not for your retirement, but the tithe sets you up so that you can retire big. The tithe sets you up. He says, bring all of your tithes and all of your offerings. Somebody say, all of your tithes. Read your Bible. He says, all of your tithes. It doesn't say that you, uh, you, you earn six hundred dollars a week and then you bring six dollars and put in the envelope and say tithes no that is tip and God doesn't need your tip he needs your tithes and then on top of that he says offering and then he said when you uh, bring all of your tithes some of the all of your time some of the all of your time and the offering and put it in the storehouse see when you give when you give you are putting something into the storehouse in other words you will need it at some point he says I'm going to open the window of heaven and pour the blessing somebody said the blessing the blessing is not things it's not cars it's not houses it's not, the blessing is the anointing is the anointing for you to prosper, Dennis? Is anointing for you to prosper, Dr. Swain? That when you have the blessing, 
when you have the blessing, all that God has to do to give you an idea of where to, what stock to buy. And when you buy it, guess what? All of a sudden, in about a week, you get 100%. There's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with investing. There's nothing wrong with uh, setting aside. But let me tell you this: God can give you wisdom. Yeah. You can give you an idea that can turn your life around for the whole of your life. Just somebody, just one touch, just one touch from God can completely change your world. Just one touch of God can completely remove the growth from your body. One touch of God can put you back together that relationship. One touch of God can turn things around for you. And you can say, what's going on here? And God said, I am going on. I know a particular uh, couple that served the Lord. I mean, I'm talking about they give and give and give and give. You wouldn't even believe it. They did not even know about investment until somebody told them about, uh, you know, investment. They, they just said, you know, because they are tired of the big givers in the church, they're not going to steal for investment. And they decided that uh, they were going to, they were going to uh, just try this investment thing and see how it works. So they called somebody uh, who was going to help them with the investment. And uh, this person, you know, for some reason... He kept hearing the name, one, the name of one company in his spirit. When he called this person, he said, well, that company's not really doing well. You don't want to, and, and the, 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 the couple said, I don't know. I still have this thing inside of me to say to buy this, uh, to buy this stock. I don't know what's going on. I said, the person said, I warn you, this, this company is not going to be doing well. He said, well, uh-huh. So sometimes you have to listen to your spirit. You have to listen to your spirit. You know? So, so the couple said, well, I don't even know what I'm doing. I guess God, God knows what. They spent about $5,000 to uh, buy the stock uh, from this company. And I believe less than a year, that stock had grown up to $30,000. You did not hear what I said, did you? No, you did not hear what I said. Now tell me, which bank in the United States will you put $5,000 in about a year, get almost $30,000? So what I'm t- telling you is that God can give you, Sandra, God can give you an idea, just one idea that can turn your world around. You have to learn to be dependent on God and know, and know that God is a good God. Amen? Amen? Somebody say amen to that. Levin thought, Levin and John thought that they had lost everything. Yeah, they may have lost everything materially, but they still had God. Do you still have God with you? They moved into a house that was bigger than the one that they had before. Listen to me, you are watching me. Whatever the enemy did to try to destroy you, that's what God is going to use to step you up, not to the next level, but to 10 levels ahead. Because he has a way when it looks like there is none. He has put promises in your heart. Maybe you have dreams to accomplish. Don't give up on those dreams because of the way that things look like on the outside. 
Because so often we give up on our dreams, the dream that God placed on our hearts because it took so long, because we tried and things did not work out the way that we expected. We often give up because we went through disappointments. I've got good news for you. You're going to go through this. Oh, I rebuke that. Praise the Lord. Could it be that God is speaking to you now? Disappointments are not meant to destroy you. They are meant for you to learn and to use it as a stepping stone to the next level. So don't sit down there and bind me. You often give it because of disappointment. Many times because we, we, we made wrong decisions, bad decisions, or we made mistakes. Someone says, oh, don't say that we may call it sin, or because we sinned. How many of you know that the Bible tells us that it doesn't matter how big your sin is? God's grace is going to be much bigger than your sin. It says, it, 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 the more your sin grows, the more the grace of God expands to cover all of your sin. Somebody says, oh, now I can go and just play with sin. Don't play with sin. Because sin will eat your breakfast, wait for your lunch, and eat your dinner before you get it. Don't ever play with sin. But don't ever also let the enemy tell you that it's over because, uh, because you have missed it. I promise you watching me and all of you here in the house, whenever you miss God, I promise you that he will find you. All that you need to do is to love him with all of your heart. And if you fall down 10,000 times, rise up 11,000 times. Because still, God still loves you, even in that mess. He's not looking for perfect people to come to him. He's looking for messy people like you and me. And the angel said, Amen. How many of you have ever done something that you really believed that was right, but later on you found out that it was a... A bad decision. The enemy wants to use that to beat you on your head. If you had done this, if you had not done this, you need to ask the enemy to shut up. You need to know how to use the word of God and stamp on the foot of the, yes, yes, I made a wrong decision. But what are you going to do? God still loves me. God still loves me. What are you going to do, devil? Yeah, I sent. Because he would say, call this sin, not let me say, okay, yeah, I sinned. But God still loves me. Because God doesn't love me based on how I sin or do not sin. He loves me based on the sacrificial work of Jesus Christ at the cross of Calvary. My Bible tells me that he paid it all. Jesus tells me that it is finished. That means that all of my sins of the past, the present, and the future, they have already been paid for. Amen? My healing has been paid for. Amen? My prosperity has been paid for. Amen? My peace has been paid for. Amen? My wholeness has been paid for. Somebody say, it's done. It is finished. Once and, oh, Jesus, once and forever, read my lips. Don't let the enemy rob you of the joy of your salvation because you made some mistakes. Sometimes happen, some things happen because we had become complacent. Now it is time God sent me this morning to announce to you that you can rise up. You did not hear what I said. God said that you can rise up. 
Yeah, you've been in the gutter for some time now. God says, hey, 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 there's a shower here. Get out of the gutter because I'm going to use my word. I'm going to wash you. I'm going to strengthen you. My spirit is going to lead you to places. He said, your testimony is going to be so good that people are going to say, wow. Some say, wow. I'm going to give you a wow, wow testimony. How many of you are ready for a wow, wow testimony? Whatever your season might have been, let me encourage you to get your fire back. Tell somebody, say, get your fire back. I want to urge you to stay filled with hope, even though it's taken so long since you started praying. How many of you know that God is faithful? You know what that means? That, that means that God is always full of faith. So when you don't have any faith, there's still some faith to use. You can use God's faith. You can tap into his faith. God is faithful. He is not withdrawn the word that he gave to you. He says no matter how long it takes, he'll still help you do what he put in your spirit. Tell somebody, says, stay in faith, refuse to quit, and your time will come. Somebody say, it's time to believe. Say like you do believe. Say, it's time to believe. It's time to believe for my strength, for my healing, for my, for, for my restoration. It's time to believe that uh, I'm not going to be right here for the rest of my life. I'm going somewhere. How many of you are going to go with me? Amen. Amen. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. I want to prophesy in the name of Jesus that every dream that God put in your heart, every promise that you have received from God, and it has taken root in your heart and in your life, God does not only want to fulfill it. He did not just put it in there. He wants to fulfill every one of it. So I want to encourage you to have this attitude. I am not discouraged. My time is coming. I haven't seen much results yet, but I know my time is. How many of you know that your time of healing is coming? Your time of restoration is coming. I'm talking about the time of turning that marriage relationship around is coming. As a matter of fact, I just started this morning. God is working behind the scenes. Maybe, I don't know, right now you are living in a small apartment and all your friends have nice houses. I want to encourage you to maintain the same attitude. Don't be offended by what others have. Thank God for them. Amen? But hold on to the promise of God that he's given to you, that your time is coming. Say, somebody say with me, I am not moved by the passage of time because I know my time is coming. For some of you watching me or for some of you listening, God may have put a desire in your heart to get married. But up till now, you haven't met the right person. Actually, you have met the right person, though his name is Jesus. So he's checking you out how you treat him now. Before he releases his son or his daughter into your life. He says that if you are beating me up the way that you do, and I am God, what are you going to do to my son and my daughter? So I'm going to wait for you to get it right. Don't you know that God is preparing somebody for you out there? Hallelujah. But up till now, you haven't met the right person. Don't be discouraged. Don't be moved by this because God is still at work. 
How many of you believe, believe what I just told you? Now, you know, people have asked me, they say, are you a prophet? I said, I don't know what a prophet is, but I know that every message that I preach is a prophetic message. You know, some people will say, oh yeah, sister this, come on here. You turn around, yeah! Man is coming into your life. No, 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 that's not the way I prophesy. I just teach the word of God. Now, take this message and listen to it because the authenticity the authenticity, the realness, the truth of this message is gonna, uh, uh, you're gonna see it in the manifestation of the result in your life. Don't be discouraged, don't be moved by what you say, because you know what? God is in absolute control of your life. Keep the attitude, I know my time is coming. God is bringing me the right person at the right time. You don't want the right person at the wrong time. Because you are going to beat him and kick him out. Beat her and kick her out. You want, you see, I met my wife, and uh, when I first proposed to her, I, she said, no. You know, as a man, I, I was hurt. And some of you would not have been, but I, I was. But I did not know that I was not ready, and she wasn't ready. My wife wanted to go to a Catholic convent and uh, stay there to serve the Lord. She did not even know that God was preparing somebody who's going to be dragging him to everywhere to serve the Lord. I said, are you going to marry me? She said, no. Why? Because I'm going to serve the Lord. Praise the Lord. So I had to go and wait for four years. What would you have done? You know, I've told my wife a thousand times, she said, if I had to wait four years a thousand times, I would still wait for you. Was it easy? It wasn't easy. I remember one time I was in I was in the United Kingdom and she was in Nigeria, and I had written her a letter. Usually, when I wrote her a letter, she would reply. And this time, I wrote her a letter and she did not reply because even though she had said no, I decided that I was still going to stay the course. Now, let me tell you this: this is true. When I was in Britain, this this, this ladies. Black and white would come to me and they say, are you still waiting for this lady? I said, yeah, I'm waiting until God says no. One time I wrote her a letter. And usually the letter, she would reply the letter in a week or two. And a week came and passed, two weeks passed. And, uh, and I, I, I said, forget about it. Then one, that morning when I wanted to do my morning devotion, I, I said to God, speak to me. How many of you have ever said to God, speak to you, but you are not ready for what he's going to tell you? Because I, 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 wanted to, I, I wanted to hear, get you out from among them. I would have said, yeah, I've got my answer. <laughs> and guess what? When I opened, I think it was the streams in the days or whatever devotion I used to use, and what I saw was two are better than one. Because when one falls, the other will live. I said, Lord, that's not what I wanted to hear. Are you sure that that's you? Two are better than one. No, I wanted, let me tell you this, Brother Fitz, I wanted to hear, get ye out from among them. I would have said, yeah, God's answered my prayer. So I just had to take it and chew it, even though it was a very bitter pill. But look at what God has done. Look at what God has done. I am, you know, I give all the glory to God, but I would not be what I am today. But because of this woman here, 
Some of you say, Pastor, you say, oh, I wish God could give me a husband. You need to stay with your husband. You can ask God for a man like pastor, but not pastor. Because she's got me. And I'm not always the pastor that you see on the pulpit. <laughs> see, some pastors will not tell you that. Now, don't misunderstand me. We love each other. We care for each other. We're passionate about each other. But God is still working in both of us. Can somebody say amen to that? So I'm, I'm, I'm priming somebody. I'm training you so that uh, I'm getting you ready, you know. Don't ever give up. Tell somebody, say, don't ever give up. You have to keep on believing. Tell somebody, keep on believing. Amen? For some of you, you are waiting for God to bring you the right person. And I'm telling you, God is going to bring that right person at the right time. You don't want the right person at the wrong time. Because if you have the right person at the wrong time, then you would, you, you don't know, you, you are going to drive them away. But you want the right person at the right time. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. Let me tell you this, my friend. This is what real hope is all about. It's holding tight to the promise that God put in your heart concerning your situation. It is believing it will come to pass regardless of the circumstances. That God will fulfill his word in spite of the lo- how long it's taken. You have to believe that uh, God will help you where there is no help. That's what it means to pitch your tent in the right place. Did you somebody and say, I have pitched my tent in the land of hope. Don't pitch your tent in the land of despair, in the land of oppression and depression. In Acts chapter 2, verses 25 and 26 in the Message Bible, Peter was preaching and he said, David said it all. Someone said, David said it all. I saw God before me for all the day. Do you see God before you for all time? Nothing can shake me. Because when you see God before you, nothing can shake you. Nothing on your body, in your circumstances, in, in, in your relationship can shake you. He's right by my side. How many of you sense God right on your side? I am glad from inside out. I'm ecstatic. I have pitched my tent in the land of hope. In other words, David is saying, because I have pitched my tent in the land of hope, I'm not worried about what's going on around me. The question to you, my friend, is where do you pitch your tents? Where have you pitched your tent? What are you expecting each day? What kind of attitude do you have? Perhaps you are saying, it's been five years since I prayed and nothing happens. Maybe you are saying, I tried, but no one will help me. See, that's your problem because you were looking to people instead of looking to God. If one of these is your response, then your tent has been pitched in the wrong place. Right now, somebody right now, right now, I want to encourage you to move your tents from the land of frustration and no hope. You need to move your tent and pitch it in the land of hope. You must expect things to turn around for you at any, somebody, at any time. You must believe for God's favor and God's blessing to come into your life at any time. I want to encourage you people 
to go and dig up your, your, your sticks. Some of your sticks. Wow, that's the shortest 45 minutes. Go and dig up your sticks. Pack your belongings and move out of this land of discouragement and frustration and move it out. Some of them move it out. Move out of, I will never, it will never happen subdivision. Some of you are living in, it will never happen subdivision now. Move out of, I will never accomplish my dreams village. Leave that self-pity and no one wants to help me estate. Get out of the dead end neighborhood. Get out of these depressing communities and move into a land of hope, faith, and optimism. A land you know anything is possible. How many of you would like to live in a, a subdivision of anything is possible? A place that you know that your time is coming. I want to challenge you to take this message seriously and run with it and watch God do for you what you could not do for yourself. Watch God going, what, watch what God is going to do. Somebody, what God is going to do? What God is going to do in your life in the next six months. I want to prophesy in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that God will take you to places that you've never been. Are you ready to go with God? God's going to manifest himself in ways that you've never experienced. I want you to get ready because God is going to do exceedingly more abundantly than you could ever ask or think about. God is going to supersize your highest thoughts and hopes. And God is going to exceed anything you could ever dream or even imagine. To him be glory forever and ever. Did anybody get anything out of this morning? Shout hallelujah. Say glory. Say Jesus. Thank you for listening to Changing Mindset Podcast by Pastor George Utah. Help us to share this message. We hope you will subscribe so you can receive the latest podcast to keep you inspired during the week. We are praying for you. We know God best for you is still ahead. Call 706-485-0166 for more information and be blessed.